Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Podcast Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. Welcome to the big time! Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. You know your damn role and shut your damn mouth. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. I have to finish the story. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Ila Dragunov, the star Bang, the sniper is shooting you down. This is TMDK's Robbie Eagles, and you are listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Watching and listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. 600 episodes going strong for this uh, for this podcast, which is over nine years old at this point. Stan C, Ro Moran, and Rowan Ash at your service for tonight's live stream. Happy 600th episode, guys! All right, Ooh, happy 600th. Episode, did I like? Like I said on the pre-show, it doesn't feel like six hundred episodes. It's just you know, just another Thursday. Like yeah. still big numbers. Hey, go, Rowan. It's not a big deal for you, talaga. You're gonna be all cool here. No, no, no. I, I said it's still big numbers, and I like big numbers. Sempre, lalo na kung pumpera yan. I'd like it. Okay. Mm. Okay. Work. Para may pambili ka ng headphones. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And fight forever. Yes, that's right. Uh, Igaro, any early reviews uh, from having played the game? Oh, are we doing? Are we doing this now? Uh, we can. I mean, Rowan mentioned it already. Yeah. Okay. Um. So the whole thing about Fight Forever is that um, it it definitely caters to an entire generation of wrestling gamers and uh, people who grew up with um, No Mercy, uh, you know, Def Jam games, even so. The whole hook really is that you get to play with a different engine and then you get to play with AEW guys. So um, if, if you were tired of the 20 plus years of uh, of uh, WWE's dominance with the simulation style uh, uh, wrestling game, uh, this is a nice change of pace. But other than that, it kind of falls apart because the game is as much as I wanted to like it, I really did, did want to like it. I, I still have to play more of it. I will do so um, this weekend. But um, a lot of it is still kind of half-baked. You know, you need So it's like that. I mean, like I'm sure you'll, you'll enjoy it still, um, especially if you want a different uh, video game experience when it comes to wrestling. That was if you haven't been able to play 
the latest 2K games, especially Rowan, uh, doesn't have uh, a PS4 or whatever, PS5, PC. Uh, he's part of that sad uh, part of the market who does not have a current gen console. It's so fun. Um, it's just that I wouldn't expect anything that's even close to what uh, 2K puts out every year. No, uh, thank you though to uh, THQ Nordic and AEW Games for supplying us some Manila Wrestling Federation with an advanced copy. Um, it definitely is nice to you know recreate ourselves then in a different game, a different universe, if you will. And you know, it's glad to see. Um, the the big companies support the little companies like us by you know uh allowing us to get into get our hands on um the one of the most anticipated games of the year by wrestling fans yeah uh good for you guys now you already have your your early access copies obviously i can't have one for uh reasons so uh like the rest of you like rowan here we're gonna f- uh, find our way through yung uh, online stores on Nintendo or Sony or um, the Xbox store, whichever uh, console you're on, since they are on pretty much every console, including PC. So there, uh, something for you to catch over the weekend in case you have nothing better to do. But we have so much to talk about because there's so much wrestling going on. And that's why we want you to be part of our growing wrestling, wrestling podcast patron community. Lalo now, we have money in the bank coming up this weekend. Uh, Rowan, can you do the plug? No, 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 no. I'm not leaving this to Rowan. No, no, sorry. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, are. About, about yeah, yeah. You're not going to pull this so... one off. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. So, guys, we just had Forbidden Door earlier this week. Uh, thank you, Stan, for streaming it for the first time to our patrons. And this weekend, on Sunday specifically, we will be doing the Money in the Bank delayed telecast watch party on Discord. The difference here is that we did actually spring for the VPN. We are actually bringing you the WWE Network feed not live, but you know, uh, delayed after the show ends. Um, we'll be doing this at 9 a.m. Chapter para may time tayong gumising na ma super aga pero refresh tayo. We don't have to wake up at 3 or 4 a.m. just to catch the show in UK time. Uh, we, we will be giving you um, Stan and Carlo Pamintuan's Tagalog feed, a Tagalog commentary once again. I know I missed it. I don't know if you guys missed it. I hope you guys did because these guys are working very hard to uh, bring the WWE action in our native tongue. And we will be getting to hear that again when we do the watch party on Discord. And then all you got to do is subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. For as low as only five dollars, that's one hundred and seventy-five pesos here in the Philippines. Um, that hasn't changed much, and you get exclusive benefits when you join our Patreon community. You get the Discord community where we do the watch parties, sempre AEW, sempre um, network feeds like this, and uh, Shepard will do NXT as well because we now have access to the network again. So that's on the table too. Then um say exclusive, but we do have freebie reviews as well. Uh, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, Collision, and Rampage. I have to say an extra show now. And then Shepard, MWF, uh, Care of Rowan here. And Shempre, we have Pasabai. We're still working that out. Uh, we're, we're doing something different. We're planning to do something different with that. But uh, it's it's still very much a benefit and perk of being a wrestling wrestling podcast patron. And Shempre, again, 
all of that good stuff for only five dollars. Patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. Let's all watch Money in the Bank this Sunday. And maybe, you know, uh, your favorite uh 40-year-old, 40 me 40 will uh win Money in the Bank. My favorite 40 year old is like Nakamura. So I don't if you're talking about LA Knight, he is 40, yes. Yeah, so yeah. So my favorite 40 year old is Nakamura. Your favorite 40 year old is LA Knight. Um <laughs> Also, uh, we might as well plug it because we have locked it down with our friends from Skinny Mike Sports Bar in Bonifacio Global City. We will be doing SummerSlam live in um, live in Skinny Mike's. Uh, yes. Days, uh, uh, that's uh, August 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry. Yes. August? August 6th? Uh, yeah, yeah, August 6th. Uh, Sunday morning in Manila, uh, Skinny Mike Sports Bar. Uh, Please let's let's all make this a successful event because uh, I don't want to point fingers here, but the last time we used to do SummerSlam, it did not go as well as Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. So uh, the times are different. We got a new boss. Um, I hope that you guys are are more excited to be at SummerSlam nowadays. Champion Sunday, Nisha, you don't have to take a leave on Monday morning anymore. So let's all pile in um, Skinny Mike Sports Bar on August sixth. That's a Sunday morning. Uh, we'll be releasing yung, um, in ticket pages, where you need, where you can go to buy the tickets. Uh, we'll be doing it in partnership as well with our friends from Geek Talk PH, our friends, uh, Legend Dennis and Galactic Shark, big wrestling fans who also want to see this, uh, you know, who want to watch um, Cody versus Rock and whoever challenges for Roman's championship. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope that you guys will come because we do want more of these events to happen. We do want all of you to uh, join us and congregate with us as we bring back the live wrestling experience further in Manila. So, yeah, I'm at the events. Yeah, hope, you know, I, I hope I hope that you that I see y'all there and sana di kayo toxic. Yun yung ano, yun yung version natin of church uh, since yeah. it's on a Sunday morning and BGC, yes, diba? On a Sunday morning, hindi masyado traffic, So, I hope that it encourages you to show up and show out for SummerSlam at Skinny Mike's. And who knows, if there's enough demand, we might actually get sponsors again. We were able to give out a lot of uh, really uh, really cool action figures to WrestleMania viewing party. So, sana maulit muli if uh, all of you create the demand for it. So, we'll see you or they will see you at uh, Skinny Mike's for the viewing party. I'll be on duty for Tagalog commentary for that show as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, because we have the VPN, we will be showing the network feed as well uh, in that live viewing party. So I know that the internet the Skinny Mike's can hold up. I know they held up, uh, you know, WrestleMania and all that. So uh, I think we can guarantee that for sure. All right. Uh, let's start off with uh, the actual news that we have to talk about. And we're going to start off with Mr. McMahon here because there are reports that his influence is all over creative once again. And there are uh, examples that were raised by uh, the different dirt sheets and the different wrestling journalists. Things like how last week's episode of SmackDown had advertised matches that are not like Bailey versus Shotzi, for example, where uh, if Bailey were to lose, Shotzi were, uh, was going to replace her supposedly in Money in the Bank. So a match like that, which had already been built up with promos and whatnot, didn't get to happen. And that was, uh, according to the, the Dirt Sheets Online, one of the many ways now na naramdaman natin yung influence ulit ni Vince McMahon in the creative. And apparently, ang balibalita is that Triple H, who's the chief uh, creative officer, and Nick Khan, the uh, president, 
of uh, WWE, they're doing what they can to try and minimize minimize it. So, Ikaro, what do you think about this since you're the one who gets to review all of the shows uh, on the daily? Okay, so um, the biggest, uh, I think the biggest uh, violator, I, everyone was up in arms about this week's Raw being uh, Vince-ified again. Uh, Rowan can talk about this as well because he saw SmackDown last Friday. But to me, say, um, even though they say that Vince was all over it, to me, it still felt like a Triple H production, you know? Um, all the stuff I like from wrestling storytelling is still there. Like, they they had Ciampa explain why he did what he did. Um, they tied together a bunch of different people, a bunch of different players. So a lot of that was still there. I don't know if they messed with any advertised matches um, that, was, that were supposed to be on Raw. But uh, um, it was all good. Uh, I think... I don't know. Maybe it's, it could get worse in the coming weeks, but this one felt pretty safe. And uh, yeah, uh, if it's true that Nick Khan and Triple H are still pushing back against Vince meddling, then I think we'll be okay. But um, I hope so. You know, uh, we, we don't know for sure. But um, right now, there is, for me, no cause for alarm just yet. Oh, I'm surprised that... Uh... Hindi ako maniniwala na ginalaw ni Vince yung show. Like, he rewrote it. Pero, like, kasi I watched SmackDown last Friday or last Saturday. Pero hindi naman siya mukhang ginalaw ni Vince. Like, it's, it's still tama si Ro. It's like a Triple H production pa rin. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, and parang, ano, like, yung matches are like uh, not less than five minutes. Kaya na-enjoy ko talaga siya. It definitely didn't feel like ginalaw ni Vince. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm probably gonna co-sign what Rose said regarding Raw because one of the things that stood out that I really liked was that vignette from Finn Balor where he explained the bitterness niya and the root of all of his resentment towards Seth Rollins and um, we don't really get those vignettes very often uh, to really flesh out a character's motivations and that's something we kind of have been getting more uh, at least must normal sha in Triple H's creative regime. So I don't know. Um yeah, these are things we read on the internet, whether or not at all, or hundred uh, percent uh only the people inside actually know, right? So uh we can only really tell things from as much as we can see through the screens when we watch these shows. Um if you're gonna make all these comments na I know Vince Naman or whatever, uh at least sana from start to finish. So you can actually yeah. make the comments justifiably. Because if you're the type of fan who just go on YouTube and watch the three-minute highlights, and then you're gonna say, "Ah, Vince Lanaman," I think that's pretty unfair. Uh, to be fair, they're also, you know, according to the, the the news, they're also trying to Vince-proof the shows by announcing we uh, matches in advance, like weeks in advance. Because if, if you move it, sempre, uh, people are gonna call it out. Right? Well, uh, that's good because for one, I really do need WWE to actually book match book their shows in advance, like AEW does. Because hey, there's too much of this um, blank slate Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, Divana. Oh, you can you can put the show on and then you don't have a main event, and then you'll make the main event in the opening segment. So that's I don't what 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 kind of show. You, would you go to a show without a main event? So that, that's that's messed up. So um, 
if, if you went to an MWF show, Rowan, wala pa kami main event, ha, pero pumunta ka lang kasi malalaman mo kung ano yung main event sa, sa first segment. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, ako, I'm fine with go uh, with going to events without knowing yung match card. Like, kung konti lang yung alam, or like konti lang no, yung... No, but the main event is the draw, di ba? Yeah, I mean, of like, if, if you... If you were trying, if you were sold Money in the Bank without a main event, like, would you buy Money in the Bank? So, well, that's the thing. Um, anyway, no, I'm I'm digressing here, but all I all I wanted to say really was that if this Vince thing was gonna force them to actually book cards in advance, and I'm all for it. All right. In a bit, we're gonna talk about Forbidden Door, our review of the show, plus some news that have come out since the show ended on Monday morning. But first, a quick word from our other podcasts right here on Podcast Network Asia. All right, uh, before we get to Forbidden Door, let's have uh, Ro answer Julian's question. All right, Julian says, Vince saved Finn last week. And that was last week when uh, when uh, he had Finn attack Seth. Uh, that was a Triple H call because they, ha- they had Ciampa back. Uh, we're talking about the same thing, right? The, the Seth open challenge and then Finn attacked Seth before Miz came out to answer it, right? Yeah, that's what happened two weeks ago, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that was a Triple H call because um, they he didn't want to spoil Finn. So if anything, you should be thanking your uh, your big boss Hunter, your, your daddy Hunter, your Papa H. So, uh, and then you have, uh, you also, you know, thank him for the Champa return that happened last week. <laughs> so um, all of that happened not because of Vince. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ro, my fan guy, nagpapa shout out. Yeah, sayo. yeah. I think this is a guy from TikTok. Because you know, um, I, I acknowledge this comment. Hey, Kirby, what's up, man? Thank you for uh, listening and tuning in. Malamig salamat. Sana enjoy ka. All right, let's talk about Forbidden Door, and we're gonna start with uh, our favorite wrestler here, at least for two thirds of this live stream. Uh, Brian Danielson, who defeated Kazuchika Okada by tapping him out with a broken freaking arm. Uh, apparently, we found out in the day since Forbidden Door wrapped that Brian had injured himself minutes into the match and wrestled the next 10 minutes with a complete break in one of, uh, in one of the bones in his arm. And see, Brie Bella even posted uh, the x-ray on her stories. This is nuts. Anytime someone can keep on wrestling with a fracture like that, it's always nuts to me. Uh, it tells me a lot about how tough the person is and a little bit then parang how, how baliw they are. Right? They can just go out and do that. And probably risk further injury. I wouldn't know. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not if they're actually risking further injury or what. Uh, you, Rowan, what do you think when you, you hear about stories like this? Na, you know, what, what Brian just did in the main event of Forbidden Door. Actually, all throughout the match, hindi ko siya nahalata, which is weird. Uh, like he carried on, and Brian is such a good pro. Na even though he's in pain, like he's already hurt, he, he still continued wrestling. And he continued wrestling against someone like Okada. So if if it's not Brian Siguro, ano, they'll call, they call for the X. Mm-hmm. Igoro, would you do this? Uh, probably would. Um, it depends. I I, I wouldn't know because I've never uh, torn or broken anything in the ring. I've only just sprained. That's uh, as far as I had gotten. So I I can't say. But um, I was I'm gonna compare this favorably to um the Cody Rhodes thing that I ranted about. Last month, right? so uh, back at Night of Champions, see Cody um, pretty much wrestled, quote unquote, and endured, quote unquote, Brock Lesnar with a quote unquote broken arm. Right? So um, these are 
two different approaches to the same thing. And the other, the, the, this approach is pretty much the legit approach. Because say, Brian did actually break his arm. And um, obviously, this is a lot, a, a way better tale of perseverance and grit and endurance. Because say, uh, for one thing, you don't actually uh, focus your offense on the arm that is legitimately broken. Right? So uh, that in itself, is admirable because they're not trying to do anything stupid out there. Whereas uh, Cody and Brock, you know, went the other way completely by um, choosing to target the quote unquote broken arm and having the ref push through with the match despite it. Um, meanwhile, see Brian and Okada just, you know, uh, tried to go home as fast as they could or uh, work around it, which is the right thing you should do when, when a bone is broken in the match. So, um, this more effectively conveyed the fact that Brian was a tough guy, uh, was a persevering face, was a was a enduring pro. A Despite him being than, the heel here, yeah, uh, you know, compared to Cody's overblown, overglorified, overforced uh, attempt at uh, heroism, because he has a quote unquote broken arm, so. Um, I don't know if I would um, recommend it, but you know, at the very least, they didn't try to aggravate the injury like idiots. <laughs> so um, that's always a good thing. So work on the arm. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, exactly. Um, they incorporated it in the story. Um, I think uh, they avoided it. Um, they were able to sell the thing without having to target it. So uh, to me, okay, because it was one of the smartest things that they could do, you know, with the stupid thing being continuing the match <laughs> itself. But, you know, good thing. Um, that should cement Brian as one of the greatest of all time, I think. For sure. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, before we continue here, shout out to Babyface producer Gel, who's in the chat, greeting us a happy 600. Thank you so much, Babyface producer Gel. Gel. Miss you. <laughs> Uh, okay, so two things coming out of the Brian Danielson um, and Kazuchika Okada match. One, the final countdown. Holy crap! Uh, after uh, we found out from Tony Khan himself na sobrang taas ng rate ng Europe for every play of the final countdown, we heard it be used at an AEW show. Uh, sabi ni Brian nung uh, media scrum that he hasn't heard the song since his last ROH date. So... Uh, it made the moment extra special for him. And uh, the second thing is that the injury that uh, Brian sustained at Forbidden Door is going to keep him out from six to eight weeks. So mukhang hindi siya magiging part ng all-in at Wembley Stadium as an in-ring competitor. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, sorry. Um, I, I, I didn't really... Hindi na ako umasa na abot siya ng all-in. Anytime that there is... Anything in, involving the bone, you don't want to rush it. And with the show being that close, I wasn't going to hold out hope that he was going to make it. So it's fine. Um, there are other things that they could use to sell the, the Wembley show, the London show. Uh, I think one of them we'll talk about in a bit. But um, I, I, I already had my fill. Like I, I had Brian versus Okada. I was already satisfied with that. And um, if they're not going to do blood and guts at all in the button then no they're not they're they're doing it in like three weeks exactly so they're not um i don't need brian on that show mm -hmm. 
Ikaw, Rowan, any thoughts on uh, the final countdown or yung length ng injury ni, length ng uh, injured time for Brian? Well, I just wish him a speedy recovery. And yung final countdown, it, uh, I wouldn't say it's memorable for me because hindi ko naman naabutan yung <laughs> Ring of Honor days niya. And I wasn't even watching uh, Ring of Honor. But it's it's a great pop. Like, nakita ko yung crowd, like, they went crazy. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, sobrang mahal daw it's like a hundred thousand dollars thereabouts for the two times that they played the final countdown on uh, on pay-per-view so uh, I hope it was worth it I, I really hope it was worth it for everybody involved alright next up we're gonna talk about Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega did it deliver for you Rowan? yeah absolutely magkakahalo uh, yung yung ano yung fighting style like there's high flying and there's power moves involved as well which I really like, and nagdugo sila, which is something that we don't see that much anymore, uh, unless it's John Moxley. Excuse Mox. me? In AEW, dude, they no, 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 all the it. time in AEW. He saved it, he saved it. He, unless okay. it's John Moxley. Okay, okay. Yeah, but yun nga, like, they went crazy, they even used the steps, and all, the, the, the hood of the table. I want, I, I want this type of match, and it's something that I want to do when I play AEW Fight Forever. Alright, Igaro, what are your thoughts on Omega Osprey 2? Because after this match, people were saying, now we're going to have the trilogy be completed by the next Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, before that, uh, I, I almost forgot. Congratulations to Julian for graduating senior high. Alright, congrats, uh, Julian. High school graduate. But, uh, all right. Um, okay, so I really like this match. I like this match a lot. Um, I, I saw your comments. I saw that, you know, I saw a lot of people say it went too long. But the thing is, because it went long because they, not because they wanted to jerk themselves off in the ring, but because uh, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay were actually wrestling a big boy match, you know. By that, I mean they weren't trying to do, they were, they were trying to grow up and move on from the the nasty wrestler stereotypes that people like Jim Cornette have about them. Like, you know, a spot monkey uh, they don't sell, they just do a whole bunch of sequences to pop the boys, the fans, the, um I think that they I think this match would pass the Paul London test, if you will. Um it was a real fight. It didn't feel like an exhibition of acrobatics or gymnastics um, wherever there were high flying or acrobatic spots this was mostly done to punctuate the actual gritty violence that Rowan was referencing so a lot of this was good and without the time that they were taking to actually sell the shit that they were doing to each other uh, it would have played off a lot worse and it, it would have played off the way the haters would expect you know an Omega and Osprey match to go and I really appreciated this because I, uh, I think, I don't know, uh, this is me really spitballing here, but I think it was them trying to prove that, okay, we can actually do the storytelling thing. We can actually um, prove that we are mature wrestlers, if you will. So um, I, I would like to, you know, if you watch this and, you know, just watch it at the surface level, I think I would like to uh, ask you to watch it back and appreciate how how much of themselves they were giving in that match. Because it was really a lot. And they were trying to service the story that they wanted to tell in that match. Right? So um, 
It was long, yes, pero I think they were trying to prove a point, and I think that point was proven. Uh, Giancarlo um, was uh, talking about, uh, and Glendale, talking about Don Callis here. Yes, I agree that Don Callis was unnecessary in the larger picture, but I also understood what they were trying to go for here. Because the thing about this match is that when you hold it across two different promotions, the alignments are all fucked up. In New Japan, uh, Kenny is the heel and Will is the face. In AEW, Kenny is obviously the face and Will has to be the heel. So I think, uh, this is also me spitballing again, they had to find a way to kind of marry the two, like for Will at least. But they had they had to find a way to honor what um, New Japan was trying to do for Will. Because they really were trying to you know position him as a big star. Uh as the leader of United Empire, as, as their next big Gaijin star without Kenny Omega in the home in the home roster. So I think what they were trying to do there is that, one, uh, you service Will as a heel and Don, the, the, the Kenny Omega and Don Callis storyline by having Don interfere and try to cheat. But you don't make that the cause for Will's win. Uh, Will still has to pull out the win from his own pockets, by his own bootstraps, and prove that he did actually have what it takes to beat Kenny Omega decisively. Um, the, the screwdriver helped, yes, but if you would notice, it was still the big moves, uh, the highly unsafe Tiger Driver 91, the two hidden blades that they had, the Stormbreaker that he did, all of that he had to use against Kenny Omega and overcome the, the very stereotypical, oh, the heel used uh, the heel cheated with with the third party outside the ring to win so i think uh the the amount of time it took to get there i think kind of serviced the things that they wanted to do there and if this was tony khan's big uh, master plan to honor the the crazy way will osprey and to an extent kenny omega was was booked across you know an ocean, <laughs> then I think he did it well. I think both guys played their part well. Um, again, I will agree that um, in the end, I didn't think Don Callis needed, needed to be there, but I get why he had to be there. So um, good stuff, a lot of good stuff. Um, again, I would like to ask you to watch it back. I say it really is like a, a crowning moment of this of this pay-per-view. Uh, Julian, I want to address what you about ejection rules. Indeed, like AEW, like wrestling everywhere. Yeah, no matter yeah. what promotion you go to, if someone gets ejected, chances are they're gonna come right back. Yeah. I should know. <laughs> I've done this myself. It, it really is experience. one of it's it's one of those things that you you gotta bend for the story. You know, it is messy when it happens, but sometimes you you gotta do it. And rightfully, yes, call it out. But you know, uh, sometimes you have to get there. <laughs> it do be like that because wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I thought yeah. question for you guys. Let's start with Rowan. Should this match have main evented over Brian versus Okada? Anything that has Kenny Omega in it, uh, it can main event. Uh, it will draw a lot of money. Yeah, but should it have pero, main evented uh, over uh, Brian Okada? I'm fine. Pero I'm fine with Brian and Okada main eventing. Kasi parang, I mean, uh, it, even though uh, Omega versus Osprey is like a title match, parang it's okay to. Like, ano, somewhere in the middle of the show. Tapos, whatever's next, parang pahinga. And then, ano, main event. Mm -hmm. Igaro. That's the way I see it. 
Yeah, uh, I think I think it should have made event. I think that was the money match. Talaga. Um, I actually thought the match was going to be for all in. Uh, that was that should have been the big draw for for the UK because you know hometown boy, but still uh, Will again isn't a face in AEW. So okay, sure. But in any you know in in, in any given Sunday, that should have been the main event, especially with the kind of main event time that they got. Um, I hope that you know my explanation for it was, uh, you know, for the whole Don Callis thing was enough for you. But uh, I can, I, I can, I, I guess, accept why a lot of you still don't think that was the case. But anyway, um, yes, I also understand why Brian and Okada main evented. Champre, Okada is, a, is still the biggest star, and Brian is kind of the biggest star, but you know, still not the biggest of stars, but um, good enough. It's just that. If you were gonna, I think the biggest story was still Kenny versus uh, Will. So when you compare that with an exhibition match, the the big story should win out. Oh, uh, I'm gonna be um, taking Rowan's side here, and I'll say now they were right to main event Brian Okada for the same reasons. Now we were okay with Anarchy in the Arena yeah. closing out Double or Nothing yeah. over the Four Pillars, right? uh, Brian is the mainstream star. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if Kenny Omega can say that yet or if we can say that yet about Kenny. But Brian is that guy. And he, Okada, he's on that level where he goes up against a big American mainstream star that epitomizes the, the pagka-crossover event ng Forbidden Door. So for, for those reasons alone, I think they were right Nah, Brian Okada was the main event. I don't hate it. It's just that I think in any other card, it could have been the main event. Although I, think, I don't think we're disputing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're not. We're not. All right, let's talk about CM Punk here because good old Phil got a taste of what it's like to be uh, absolutely booed in Toronto. So uh, good job, Toronto, for uh, doing your part. Um, should he just embrace the heelishness and not try to portray himself as a babyface? Because like on Collision, he was still on the side of the babyfaces but with FTR and Ricky Starks and going up against the Guns and Bullet Club Gold. Yeah, it's a tricky thing. Um... The thing is that when he came back in Chicago last week, um, initially when he started to shoot on the elite, he was pretty much a heel. He was pretty much a dick. And then uh, the the Chicago crowd that still loves him a lot, they just ended up making him look like a face. So that's that was that that was what happened. But um in any other city like Toronto, uh, things changed and um they very clearly did not like CM Punk. So I think there is a couple of more couple more weeks left in this experiment. And I think once you find out whether the boos are greater than the cheers or vice versa, I think that's when you should adjust. You know, uh, if the rest of the cities are going to be like Toronto, then you might as well make him be a heel because uh, I enjoyed him. As a heel, not because I wanted to boo him, but because I, as a wrestler, I enjoyed his really relaxed wrestling. Because, um, see, ABL uh, put it really well in a nice way that he wasn't trying to keep up with the kids. Because when he's a face, he tries to keep up with the kids. He yeah. tries to keep up with their with their with their pace. Tries to wrestle as fast as they do, and it it results in the sloppy Phil thing, the sloppy CM Punk thing. Which is, while charming to an extent, it kind of exposes him as the um, uh, middle-aged wrestler that he actually is. But in the match versus Kojima, 
in Forbidden Door, he wrestled in his own time, which is something I really, really appreciate. Because hey, you don't want to, you, you would much rather see someone wrestle in a really relaxed way than, you know, try to be someone who's jittery and, you know, measure you cringe for them. Mm. Uh, I mean, the fact that Punk botched the fucking, uh, uh, the buckshot lariat twice, but. Uh, you don't want to see that shit. I would much rather see the guy who is making fun of of Kojima, you know, uh, doing the the Nagata Mongolian chops on him. But uh, that was way more entertaining to me. And yes, it is antithesis to um, what a heel should be. But you know, that's to, that's to me as a wrestler because hey, I, I watch it with a different set of eyes. And Toronto, meanwhile, um, reacted the way they should have reacted to someone like CM Punk. So. Like, let's just keep this, you know. Let's let's have him be the shitster. Let's let's have him be the guy who wants to rile up the crowd because he knows the crowd doesn't like him. Uh let's have him be the guy who is actually pretty aware that uh he is a dick and you know people would much rather boo him than cheer him, except when he's in his hometown, you know. Yes, I began Aaron. What if that's the breath thing where he is a dick and he's loved only in Canada? Yeah. Sure. Uh, that will be okay if the writing supports it. Because at this point, it's still not supporting it. Because you know he's teaming with what he's teaming with, he's teaming with FTR and Ricky Starks in main events of Collision, right? And those yeah. guys are very, really uh, established baby faces and very much not heels. So um, if Punk is going to be adjusting, then the writing around Punk has to adjust as well. So um, if I were Tony Khan, I would be leaning toward him being full heel. Na. Uh, I don't care about the rest of the shows. I don't want to observe to see if they're going to cheer him or boo him. I'd rather just have him boo him. Or, you know, I'd rather give them a reason to boo him because hey, at this point, I don't think he is that redeemable as a character, as a person. All right, uh, since Rowan just got here, eh, do you have thoughts or uh, did you miss it? Ba? I wasn't sure. Like, I'm fine with Punk being a heel. Like, he's just not a convincing baby face anymore, at least yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. Him being a heel is very effective. Like, back in 2012, when he turned heel, diba, parang, I, I kind of know how wrestling is uh, scripted, but I still got worked up about, uh, I still, still got worked up on his heel work. So, I'm fine with him being a heel. Kasi, I mean, I, I don't want him to be a face anymore. Kasi, it's parang mali na nga yung mga pinagagawa niya backstage. Tapos, we're gonna still cheer him. Nah. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? It's uh, what you do backstage or in your personal life should theoretically be different from how you're presented on screen. Because that's a character that you play on TV. Eh, yeah. yeah. He is the Duterte of pro wrestling. So, people will cheer the, the shitty stuff. So, that's why he that's why TK is still, you know, feeling justified about keeping him as a face. But eventually, if you know the rest of the road is gonna be like Toronto, then I think you should cut your losses and you know do the right thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh last thing here about Forbidden Door. Did you think that NJPW was integrated better than last year? So last year the Bamedro rushed in build, like everything was just put together in a span of two weeks. Whereas Eto, we actually got a bit of time. For at least the big matches, uh, but everything else, ganun din, parang tagpi tagpi lang. You have a random Tomohiro Ishii uh, aligning with Eddie Kingston type of deal, and all those other uh, 
cross-promotional matches. So compared to last year, mas maganda ba yung integration? I would say so. Um, it's still not the best. It's it's still yun nga pinagtagpi-tagpi pa rin siya. Pero the the big draws kasi like uh, Osprey and uh, Omega and Okada versus Brian, they were still at least you know planned out in advance and they were given the the time and effort. To make it feel like a big deal. That was the rest were just okay. Let's, let's stick some NJPW guys on, and we'll see how it goes. So, if that gets anchored by your uh, big sh- your big matches, then okay, sha, okay, sha to me. And I would still prefer this one over the the shit show we got last year. Igor Rowan, any thoughts on this? Uh, this is a bad look for me. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't get to watch some AW shows to for the build up stuff Forbidden Door, but I. I do agree that last year's uh, build up to Forbidden Door, parang it's too too rushed. Uh, and uh, parang it wasn't given enough time to tell the story. They just jumped to the match or the pay per view. All right. Uh, we'll probably talk about Jungle Boy's heel turn in the audio only version. Uh, just addressing Leo here, who did mention uh, he's not yet on the level of Prison Dom yeah, or ex Dom. I got thoughts about this. Uh, I think uh, they will like my thoughts about this. So, yeah, so watch out for that when we drop the audio-only version on the uh, audio-only episode. It's up on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. It'll be up by tomorrow. But first, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Money in the Bank predictions. But first, a quick word from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. All right, it's time for our Money in the Bank predictions again. They're going to be uh, the show is going to be airing live from the UK, 3 a.m. on Disney Plus. Uh, but if you don't want to wake up or stay up until 3 a.m. to watch it, Ro already told you how you can enjoy it at our own pace on Sunday morning. All right, let's go through the show and its matches uh, one by one. We'll start off with the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match between Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler and the champions, uh, or the former champions, who are invoking their rematch because they never lost the titles, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, Rowan, let's start with you here. Uh, so the titles are on the line, not Liv and Raquel, like what I said from the previous audio only. They are first in line. That's what I was supposed to say. Just going to clear that. Uh, so for this one, I want the champs to retain. I don't mind them being the tag champs. I, I don't like Ronda Rousey that much. I actually think uh, they can be the female version of the bar. Like, sila yung parang yung standard in the tag team division. Mm-hmm. Igaro. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I mean, th- this this is kind of obvious. Man. I mean, like, uh, I wouldn't say that Punk Smackdown lang to. I mean, yes, ideally, yes, better. You know, it's Ronda Rousey on your pay-per-view card. Uh, that's still kind of set. I think that still matters somewhat to some people, and yeah. I think uh, may may cash parincha to you know to be put on a pay-per-view. Um, but you know, there's no way they're losing the championships. I mean, I mean, come on, it's Shayna and Ronda. Come on, yeah. Especially this soon. I thought only Albert, how to like Ronda right now? Uh, I just you, yeah, that's the point. You, They're huge. No, um, no, better. Okay, if you're if you're asking this as a smart fan, like I would suggest that you enjoy her math work. I so said that's that's her her ground game is like the best. Uh, I enjoy it so much. I know she's not like the best pro wrestler when it uh, in terms of being uh, a pro wrestler, you know. Um, 
but she's trying to make something different work and I really appreciate it because I enjoy um I enjoy watching uh the ground uh the groundwork technical wrestling the the judo jujitsu stuff that she likes to do um I think it makes her stand out and you don't have to like her as a person you don't have to like her as a character but I think uh her work as a pro wrestler and how she puts it together as a pro wrestler is worth giving a chance to yeah, um, I'm not sure if you're a Shayna fan, Albert, but I am a Shayna fan. And having Ronda here in a prominent position with the championship makes Shayna Baszler relevant. So that's one more reason for me to like Ronda. So yeah, I, I guess it's a matter of perspective. Also, they're heels. So it's, it, it doesn't really matter if you like them or not. All right, next up, Intercontinental Championship. It's Matt Riddle against Gunta. That is the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship to you. <laughs> I like is he the guy? Is he the guy to defeat Gunta? Nah, uh, no. I don't know. I mean, would be nice, but no. I I think they're saving this up. Uh, it, it is Roman Reigns too. It's 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 being saved up for something. I just don't know what. Mm-hmm. Rowan, I just want Gunther to have a never-ending reign. Okay, yeah. I I I don't hate that. Yeah. Uh, we can all be on our deathbeds and still look up at Gunta being champion at the age of 60-something or 70-something. So, yeah, I, I can live with that too or die with that. All right, let's get to the Money in the Bank ladder matches. Let's start with the women. Who will be, in the words of Rey Mysterio, Mrs. Money in the Bank? All right. Wouldn't it be crazy if it was Trish? But, uh, huh. Does Trish need it? No. Why not? But, but uh, it would be really cool. Ang, ang bali-balita right now sa mga uh, dirt sheets is that EO Sky is still the front runner. Okay, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Um, uh, I do think we do need a new top face and I think she will be the top face. Um, I don't mind the upcoming Oscar versus EO matches. I don't mind the EO versus Bailey matches and the EO Bianca matches again. So yeah, I don't hate that. Um, I, I don't mind having picking her to win. Um, I would give it to Trish because, you know, um, it's Trish. Thank you, Trish. <laughs> yeah, a literal, a, a literal thank you run. No? It's uh, her first ladder match, her, her first Money in the Bank match in her 20-plus year career in the biz. Oh, for Dark Horse pick, I'll, I'll have Zelina. Uh, I don't know. Parang, others are too obvious to win. Like Bailey, Becky, Io. Parang masyado silang obvious na mananalo. I'll pick someone who's not too obvious. All right. Good luck with that, Rowan. Uh, is it time for EO and Bailey to turn on each other? Yeah. I think, I think it's time. It's time, the right place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, especially now, now walang Dakota Kai in the picture. Um, it gives them both something to do with each other. The question is, uh, with whom will Dakota side uh, when she makes her eventual comeback from injury? All right. Uh, let's give a shout out here to Troy of the Turning Heel Podcast. Another, Troy, what up, man? Another one of our up and coming pods in the local scene. Thanks for joining us, by the way. Uh, Sabni Troy, he wants EO to win. Awesome. Uh, let's go to Mr. Money in the Bank. A lot of you have been saying, yeah, all night. So I'm saying, uh, I, I'm guessing that you guys are rooting for LA Night. But for those of you who are not rooting for LA Night, let us know who you're rooting for. Uh, like, are you rooting for Logan Paul? Rowan, are you rooting for Logan Paul? Yeah, buti na wala si Chino dito. De, wait, may naisa, may naisip ako eh. Because if it's not LA Knight, I, I, I do like LA Knight and I want him to win this match. Pero what if 
Logan Paul wins. Ako may naisip ako scenario na later on as Seth defends his world title, uh, he retains, of course, and then Judgment Day will attack him, and then Logan Paul will cash in just to reignite the WrestleMania feud. Okay, but what, what does it benefit Judgment Day to have Seth lose, but Logan Paul walk out with the World Heavyweight Championship? <laughs> wow, that doesn't make sense. But yeah, but that's a, scenario I created, that's a scenario I created in my head. <laughs> uh, this is why yes. you are on your way to becoming a dentist and not a member of WWE Creative. <laughs> right, uh, this is an interesting lineup here. You've got uh, three guys over the age of 40. And another guy in Santos Escobar who will be 40. So I'm not sure if in terms of average age, it's the oldest money in the bank lineup. Natin. Uh, but it's based on how they move, how they act, and everything. I have a question. Like, mag- is ba yung match na to, even with Logan Paul? With or without Logan Paul? Without, Did you not you watch the Logan Royal Paul? Rumble? No, I think, I think he's asking without Logan Paul. Like, yeah. do, is this still a good match? Yes, come on. Yeah, come on. Diba? Look at the lineup. Well, I- Yeah. Oh, do you think you can better? You can do better? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, I just, no, I'm just uh, asking because like, what do people prefer? Like with Logan Paul or without Logan Paul? Uh, does it matter? I don't think it does. Yeah, I mean, like, because <laughs> like, for me, Logan Paul being part of this match is unnecessary. I just don't want for it. you. Yeah, okay. But for a lot of the casual fans who remember, uh, WWE does want to attract the casual fans I, and new wait, eyes. I, uh, Logan Paul does that. I actually, now that Rowan mentions it, I actually have a thing to say about this. Um, I don't think Logan Paul was needed here in this really casual, friendly match. Money in the Bank is like the Royal Rumble. Nah, it is quite casual, friendly. It is a bunch of guys being stuck in a ladder match to grab a briefcase. Well, that, that is pretty casual, friendly to me. And then you got what at least one high flyer here, and then mm. uh, and then you add Logan Paul to the mix about uh, two high flyers because we have. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Santos and Ricochet and then Logan Paul. So, um... By all you know, by all measures and standards, this is this was going to be a good match anyway. I say, this is the the oldest young lion pool in in, in the history of Money in the Bank. <laughs> uh, none, none of these guys have won a world championship, and these are the oldest uh, non non title winners ever. So, yeah, in Butch, it, who's about to be thirty. Yeah. yeah. What really? Yeah, Butch, Butch is, is about to be thirty, palang. Yeah, I thought he was younger than that. No, no, no. 93 siya. Late 
Bruce oh. Austin Theory tried to cash in on uh, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. And then that didn't work out. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't think Logan Paul needed to be here to make it casual friendly. It is more casual friendly because Logan Paul is in it, but um, I think they were okay without him. But yeah, but I'm sure um, after what happened to Royal Rumble, they want to create more gifs with Logan yeah, but Paul that, and Ricochet. It's been so long, you know, it's been so long since then. Still, like brand new gifs like, uh, for the next half year. Yeah, but uh, I mean, like, any if, if there's any casual fan listening or watching here, did you think to yourself, hmm, I haven't seen Logan Paul in a while? This money in the back match shirt could use a Logan Paul in it, but, but <laughs> I, I don't think anyone was asking for that. Like, uh, let me in, like. Um, it's it's nice to have, but I don't think anyone was jonesing for a Logan Paul comeback here, you know. So that's hey, my... on the bright side. If you really hate Logan Paul, I'm sure you're gonna oh. enjoy every time he falls and crashes into the ladder. <laughs> uh, and he's gonna injure himself again. Um, the thing now is the briefcase hostage. If uh, in, yeah, so you brought up that. So is he gonna win, and does he deserve to win? Because you know. Big, uh, big casual name, big, uh, you know, uh, big YouTuber who makes videos for 14 year old girls. Um, does he deserve the championship? Um, does he deserve a ch- an automatic championship from the money in the bank cash in? And I'm, I'm gonna argue the same thing that David Shoemaker once said. Now, Logan Paul is the briefcase, anytime he wants, he can get a title shot just because yeah, he no is well. Logan Paul, so he doesn't need it, but he's there to just attract eyes to it. So, obviously, your winner is gonna come down to your other six guys. So um, is it LA Knight's turn? Is it uh, his just reward for getting over really quickly? Yeah, um, I, I'm not, yeah, again, for the nth time, I'm not the biggest LA Knight fan, but I think you do have to reward, um, the you know, getting over organically. Um, LA Knight is also not getting any younger. So, uh, my pick is Nakamura, but you know, I think, um, yung mga deserve naman manada on dapat manada. You know, I, I have another thought about this match that what I like about this is hindi siya yung para nagre-recycle ng wrestlers who has already participated a match like before. I mean, Nakamura did participate in so the Money Ricochet. in the Yeah, and Ricochet. Pero remember that time like the time like Kane keeps on participating and then the commentators are like, oh, he is the record break, uh, record setting uh, five-time participant or parang ganun. I kind of dislike that. Parang other people deserve that spot. And I think ito na yung parang definition na like this is the perfect Money in the Bank ladder match. Well, without Logan Paul, it would be cool. Alright, so who's your pick to win? Okay, final na talaga LA Knight. Alright. Uh, that was your cue to say yeah, but you didn't. So you missed your shot. Alright, moving on. Let's talk about Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. This should be fun. <laughs> Oof. Um, I don't know. Um, clearly, I mean, clearly, you have to win. You have to give Cody the win. That's like the easiest wins of his career. But um, would you riot again if Cody lost to Dom? <laughs> Wait, why is it funny? That would be hilarious to me. Why though? Because it just I just don't see Dom beating Cody. Yeah, it would be a huge upset. Even with a Rhea Ripley distraction, yeah, still weird to see Dominic. But it would uh, further his heel work. Na parang people would hate him even more. 
more than they already do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more That's than they kind of the point yeah. by having him uh, beat someone on the level of Cody Rhodes. Yeah, but no, it's actually fine. I, I I realize now putting over a younger talent because Cody is not young anymore. But he's definitely not. But um, yeah. sometimes now forgotten. the more I think about it, the more I want Dominic to win because you know I'm still not over the broken arm thing. So this guy technically still has a broken arm. So uh, <laughs> even though the Beast Incarnate was not able to defeat him with a broken arm, uh, maybe the 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 young uh, the young dude who hides behind his mommy line. So maybe that could happen. I, I want to see that. Yeah, uh, Prison Dom could come in and bring the Dementors from England and suck Cody's soul, right? Suck the adrenaline out of his soul. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, now I want to see it. Okay, I'll, I'll take a Dominic win. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Stranger things indeed have happened. Ash is here. What up, Ash? Yo, what's up, Ash? Why, why are you not going? Oh, You're my. there. It's in your backyard, bro. Yeah. What the... Oh, you were at Clash. Okay. I, at least. I think that was a better experience, though. I mean, all things considered, I think that was a much better experience. Even with another Tyson Fury singing. <laughs> oh, you don't know how you remember playing with Tyson Fury singing. That's right. It was Emil's favorite number. All right. Last couple of matches for Money in the Bank. Seth freaking Rollins and Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. I really enjoy this feud. I love all the callbacks to SummerSlam. I love them fleshing out Finn's motivations. I love how and how they're really respecting the history that both of these guys have had with one another. And um I'm going to call a Finn Balor win here. I think it's time. I think Seth did his job by establishing the World Heavyweight Championship. He defended it twice against uh, Damien Priest and Braun Breaker. And it's time to pass it on to Finn Balor, who can do uh, greater things with it. I agree. Because Finn, uh, not Finn, uh, Seth doesn't have to hold the title that, that long. Uh, established not in the si Seth, and the world title itself is kind of established as something important. I think it's time for Finn to be the champion this time. And para ano, para fair na rin sa kanya kasi like he only held the world uh, the universal title for a day. Yeah, I want him to have a lengthy world title reign. Uh yeah, it's time for a title change. Yeah, I want it to happen for sure. Um it's just that I know it's not going to happen kasi the big thing right now is going to be Finn versus Priest after this. Uh, I think there is still also some more money to be made with fighting champion Seth. Um, I think that experiment isn't over yet. I think um, we'll, we'll be talking about it in the audio only, but um, there have been so many good things about this championship reign that I also don't want it to be over. So a lot of good things. Uh, it's a good sign. Uh, you want a lot of things to happen, but yeah. uh, they can't happen for a number of good reasons as well. Yeah, they so, all can't happen because for one thing to happen, the other cannot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that is exactly how uh, the universe works. But yes. um, so because of that, because of the good things we have right now, I am calling for a set uh, defense, a successful retention. And I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, uh, I think we are going to get so much more fun stuff with Seth as champion still. Ash, what if JD McDonough interferes? Or what if Damien Priest wins money in the bank? You kind of have to have Finn winning the big gold belt here just to create that tension even more. Yeah. Uh, I think the good thing here is so bring Daming Pai Mangyare. And the fact that 
these different possibilities have opened up is a testament to how good the writing has been, truly. So um, I want all of those things to happen, but we only have to, we can only pick one. Yeah. And my pick right pick now is, is uh, the Seth win. All right. Uh, so on the record, it's me and Rowan picking Finn and Ro picking Seth. Let's close it out here with the Bloodline Civil War. Roman Reigns and Solo Sikoa versus the Usos. No championships on the line here. Yeah, the, the rumors are there are two different wild finishes being discussed for this match. So to that extent, I don't know if they have or if they're honoring whatever long-term story they, they're planning or it's 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 boiling down to what how it's gonna play out. So for me though, I need the Usos to win. Because this is their story, and we're just gonna go back to square one if if Roman and Solo beat them. Say, what's the point of the revolt, Diba? Right? If if they get squashed eventually, yeah, um, they have to build momentum. The Usos have to win, and I think everyone recognizes that. And this is a way for Roman to, you know, to to be beaten without losing his championship, and which I think is good for business. Title is not on the line. Yeah, uh, it's fine for, uh, it's fine for me that the Usos will win. Saka, I mean, the story will even be more compelling. Roman losing to his cousins is like his kryptonite. I want the story to eventually lead to Roman facing one of the Usos. Like, whoever, which, or whichever Uso pins Roman, like, let's say Jay. And then, so he wins, right? He will then face Roman at SummerSlam. That's the way I see it for the Uwu title. Yeah, a lot of people seem to be calling for that. Nah. Uh, Jay picks up uh, a pinfall win here over either Solo or Roman, and then they're going to use that to kickstart the SummerSlam feud. Nila. I don't mind, especially since uh, SummerSlam will be almost three years to the date when Jay and Roman first squared off for the Universal Championship. So I kind of like how it goes full circle by then. Uh, should Roman take the pinfall here, though? Because the last time Roman lost no Night of Champions, it was Solo who uh, looked up at the lights. Oh, hey, that's a good thing. But that's a good, that's a good point. I think Solo is here to eat the pin. Shempre, um, it's not going to be as satisfying as someone pinning Roman, but Shempre, you got to save that moment as well. So, uh, Solo did eat the pin. I remember. Yep, um, night of last champions. time. Yeah. So I think he'll be doing the same here. Eto sabi ni Giancarlo, baka may bagong introduce na bloodline member, kind of like the clash at the castle when Solo was introduced. <laughs> I mean, it's not Naomi, whoever that's going to be. But it's not going to be Naomi. I really wish Naomi, when she was still in WWE. Uh, is it going to be uh, what? Jacob Fatu? Yeah, it's not going to be the young Fatu. The, the youngest brother. So, uh, I don't think it's going to be a new bloodline member. Long-term storytelling, Rowan. <laughs> All right, so those uh, those are our predictions for Money in the Bank. Sirikishi, uh, <laughs> Sirikishi, babalik. Bagus, bagus, Pilipinas. Babalik WWE. Time for the audio-only part of episode number six hundred. Let's start with NXT and how it's really become super integrated in the 
larger canvas of the WWE main roster. So uh, we've seen this in recent weeks through Carmelo Hayes being on SmackDown, his uh, feud with Baron Corbin. Then now, nandito siya sa Raw. He actually got a match with Finn Balor on Raw. So uh, between Braun Breaker, who made his Raw debut in 2022, and then si Melo, who uh, has been making his Raw and SmackDown debuts, who's getting called up first if you were to be a betting man? I'm going to start with you, Rowan. For me, I think sabay lang sila ma-call up. Like, I mean, sure, one of them will be first, pero they will be drafted in the same week. So, alimbawa, Braun will be on Raw, then Melo on SmackDown. I think both of them are main roster ready na eh. So, I'm fine if sabay sila ma-call up sa main roster. Mm-hmm. Ikaw, Ro? That's a tough, that's a tough question to answer. Um, I... If we're talking about more complete product, I think Melo is the more complete product. And I think um, given the fact that they did just put him in a match on Raw, uh, despite uh, they put Braun in a match on Raw last year, but um, that one kase was still, you know, not as um, he was not as polished and rounded out as he is now and the fact that they did that for mellow now i think is a more uh is a more more solid na, na, na co-sign for him as a main roster guy so um i if going by that i would say that mellow is getting called up first because I, I think um I don't know, but the thing could be they could be getting called up at the same time. Although that would really cripple the NXT main event scene. But I guess because there are so many veterans there from NXT UK and the other guys. So a lot of good stuff as well. Um, I wouldn't mind if they get called up in at the same time. I think this is the best call call ups that we've seen ever. The best call up we've seen ever. Kasi, yeah, because they it's not just a random, oh, you're here. You're here. Uh, you're suddenly on Raw and then you suddenly get thrust into the storylines. They found a way to really tell the story and, you know, uh, make Braun and Melo moving parts of um, of things that actually are happening on Raw. These are the random inserts. These are the random side characters that, you know, suddenly got uh, TV time. Uh, they had Seth and Finn come down to NXT, uh, even Baron Corbin come down to NXT. And then they, as a result, they had um, Braun and um, Melo go up to Raw. Uh, so Melo mostly go up to Raw. And then there results uh, a story that, that makes sense. You know, um, They're actually working hard to get them to accept the fact that, uh, to accept these young guys uh, they'll be coming in soon. These are the random guys that you need to know now because uh, we suddenly called them up. Now they are guys that you can get invested in because they are actually working with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor and Baron Corbin. So that's pretty cool. And I don't think I've ever seen that ever for that level of investment and interest for an NXT call up. And, you know, interest and investment in the way they're called up. Not just them as call ups, diba? so that's pretty cool. And I hope that this will also be the the standard moving forward. Although I get that not everyone deserves, you know, uh, uh, a big major storyline with a champion, with a top champion. 
Yeah, some of them will have to settle for being uh, a late round pick in the WWE draft. Because uh-huh. wala, ganun lang talaga. All right. Uh, elsewhere on NXT Gold Rush Week Two, Baron Corbin brought back the Lone Wolf gimmick from the theme song to the attire to the way that he carried himself, which was a far cry from the guy that we saw the week before, who was telling Carmelo Hayes, "Nah, well, I'm I'm okay with being Happy Corbin because that made me rich." So, what did you think about that when you heard his old theme music play? Then Lumabasha in the biker gear, Rowan. I've been wishing Baron Corbin to go back with his lone wolf gimmick. Because uh, ever since Triple H uh, started running the show, diba, parang uh, Happy Corbin is not as happy as he is. Parang uh, the gimmick isn't really working for me. So, parang I think it's time to bring back the lone wolf gimmick. Pero it, it happened late, like ngayon lang. Pero it's fine. Like I'm, I'm. I feel nostalgic about it. Like I always listen to his theme song like whenever I commute home and okay. and yeah, like yeah, cuz it's cool. I I like his theme song. Like yung yung, yung una niyang theme song and then yung end of days. I I, I like both of the uh, both of those songs. Yeah, I I'm really happy that it's back. Pero it's kind of weird nga na parang from the last week's episode na uh he likes the happy Corbin gimmick. Pero maybe it's like he said it in a way na parang magpapaalam na rin siya. Like, oh, it, I got rich because of it. Pero eventually, because he became the lone wolf, parang it's a way na nagpapaalam na siya no, from being the, happy for him. The thing about that kasi was when he when he talked shit with uh, Melo last week, he was pretty much justifying that um, he was different from his NXT self and he was okay with it because that was the next step in his career evolution. And that next step in his career evolution made him a lot of money. And that's that's what that's the only thing that's real in the business, the, the miles and the money. And, and by going back to the lone wolf thing, parang tinapo niya lahat yun and, and pretty much essentially admitted <laughs> that now, okay, I actually do want your your acceptance, your approval. And to get that, I'm gonna go back to the gimmick that you like the most. So what's up? What's up with that? <laughs> um, it's fun. I mean, on a surface level, it's cool that you get to see Lone Wolf Baron Corbin again, even though you don't have the hair anymore. But um, you kind of made him look like a chump for going back on what was pretty much a cool way to say that. This shit happens in wrestling and you got to deal with it because, you know, I'm successful financially because of it. Unless yung next step that is, okay, I was successful financially, but I'm deep down an empty, empty shell of a pro wrestler, which is not him, by the way, because that's not what he portrayed himself. And that I don't see him being like that as well. Yeah, it's, it also came across as weird to me because Baron Corbin has always presented himself as a heel who didn't care about what the fans thought. And if you're a heel who doesn't care about what the fans think, wala kang pakialam sa mga references or callbacks to things that you did years ago. Diba? He's not that type of wrestler. Unlike yung mga indie darlings who will always try to find a way to reference something from their past like KO and Sami Zayn coming out to gear with Super Dragon's logo or the PWG logo in WrestleMania. So it also came across as weird to me na, oh, okay, why is he bringing back the lone wolf shtick? Even though I liked it, it's just... And it's it's very counterproductive to what he was saying. Unless um I mean I'm I'm throwing him a bone here. I'm throwing him a creative bone. But uh, I guess you could say that you can argue that uh 
I, the the most successful version of me was the lone wolf. That was the guy who was beating people with uh, the end of days in six seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, if he says that, that I had to be the lone wolf again to try and beat you, but he did not beat him. <laughs> so so what does that say about him? What does that say about the lone wolf? So oh, that's kaparin. After all this time, you're still you're still a bum ass Corbin after wow. after all of that shit. But no, I mean technically, um, in kayfabe he is because he he still lost. He he's not happy Corbin. He's not um he's not bum ass Corbin. He's not successful as any Baron Corbin. Uh, so so what's what what now? Do you go back to the depths of your bum bum hood bumness and claw back again from that? Because I would like to see that, but I don't know if we're willing to go if they're willing to go through that again. Um, it, it's weird. Like it, it, I don't know. It's an unenviable spot for Baron Corbin to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one of the things I liked from the entrances as well, uh, aside from the lone wolf entrance of Baron Corbin, was the shirt Carmelo Hayes was wearing, where you had Baron Corbin's face in the Machine Gun Kelly kill shot graphic. Uh, if you remember that that graphic that Eminem put out nung nagdistract mm-hmm. uh, battle sila ni Machine Gun Kelly, so it, it was pretty funny seeing Baron Corbin's face in that graphic instead of MGK's. So that that was a nice little nod there. All right, uh, that's it for the NXT portion of the audio only. Let's cross over to AEW, where a lot happened on Dynamite Kanina, and we're gonna start with Adam Cole and MJF. Uh, really fleshing out this whole MVP Matt Hardy thing where they're enemies but they're supposed to be tag team partners and then shout out to Roderick Strong for being a nice little side character here who MJF calls hey generic white guy (laughs) (laughs) this is a fun story I'm not gonna lie (laughs) Rowan go ahead you start Uh, I like uh, the strange bedfellows idea uh, I like tag teams na ano, like good cop, bad cop, and this is gonna be one of those tag teams. This this whole uh initiative kind of reminds me of what they did no parang their women's tag team tournament noon. Like pili sila ng kulay and whoever picks the same color, sila magiging tag team. Pero ito ata yung parang ano, you'll just pick whoever. No, no, no. They got they got picked uh, by uh, Tony Schiavone. It was it was okay. kind of like that then. But uh, that, that's what I like. Parang surprise, and then eventually, in the finals, they will win the ti- tag titles. Okay, yeah, MJF will screw the whole thing. That's actually not a bad idea. Um, okay, so the thing about this is, I really like this a lot because um, I know fans nowadays they like the shoot stuff. They like the referencing real life drama, the backstage heat shit. That 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 gets the people going. But um. For me to say, you know, MJF does so much of that already that when they actually stick him in a traditional wrestling story, uh, he shines the most. Because he makes it work so much. It's not him trying to rile the crowd up with, you know, his insider knowledge of um, uh, his if you know, you know shit. It's just him trying to make uh, uh, a cheesy wrestling story work. And that's why... um, I enjoyed your four pillar story more after they stopped doing the um, the history referencing with each other and started going into you know Sammy and MJF being best friends. That was now MJF and Adam Cole are being forced to be best friends. So that's pretty funny to me. And um, 
because they started on this. I mean, they started on the on the on the shoot stuff again, but they quickly pivoted to the uh, to the strange bedfellows thing, and I really enjoy that because at this point, I know that they're not going to rely on the weird or the villain origin story for the nth time, right? So that's pretty cool, and I am looking forward to where they go with it next, right? Uh, sayang lang that Adam Cole didn't get to get his match with Tom Lawler, but um, I wanted to see then where that would have taken them because um, MJF did his thing with Tanahashi, right? and but Adam Cole did not. So sayang yan. So, but I am looking forward very much to where the what the next chapter brings to us. Yeah, I, I kind of need MJF to keep dissing Roderick Strong here just because it's so funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we'll talk about Renee Paquette. Because earlier uh, in Dynamite, there was a uh, there was a scene where there was a brawl backstage involving Sina John Moxley and the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club. And then see Renee uh, wasn't playing her usual role as backstage interviewer or as uh, sideline reporter as they like to portray her. And she was being an actual character, being John Moxley's wife. So and Eddie um, Kingston's friend. And Eddie Kingston's friend. Yeah, that's right. So um, does she have that? That name value or that historical cash as a wrestling personality to be a character already, because um, this isn't the first time we've seen this. Like back in WWE, back when John Moxley used to get into these uh, storylines on his own, there were a handful of times where Renee has also gotten involved. So this is not the first time this has happened. Yeah, that one rivalry with the Miz, uh, Simarice. Yes, that's right. That's Renee was involved. In Renee was involved there, so. I think she's fine because she's established. Na rin siya. So I think this whole thing, actually, in, as a. As no, a, well, better, no, let me general, ask you this. No, no. Let me ask you this, Rowan. Um, if you didn't know any of that history, if you, if you didn't know that she was involved with a Miz versus Ambrose angle, if you didn't know that she was uh, uh, John Moxley's wife, would you be wondering why? Uh, Renee Paquette is suddenly telling uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston to calm down. <laughs> yeah, so so without the context, para, actually, you know, now that you mentioned that, the parang they always kept it low key. Na they they yeah. never acknowledge na John yeah. and Renee are ano husband and wife. husband and wife. They never acknowledged it. They always kept it low key, even in WWE. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Halimbawa, if and I don't know them. It, I would find it weird. Pero, uh, my thoughts here is that I like NPC characters being involved in storylines. So I, I, I really love this segment. Yeah, it's weird because, I mean, yes, we know who uh, Rene Paquette is to John Moxley's life. Right? And we know their relationship uh, with, you know, with Eddie Kingston, with, uh, John, uh, you know. Um, it's just that I don't think they played it up enough. Parang if you were coming into this uh, dynamite really fresh, you would be wondering why the sideline reporter is is shouting at the at the former world champion too. She's the only uh, adult in the room. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why is she? Why does she have this power over John Moxley and Eddie Kingston? <laughs> She's just a sideline reporter. Um, yeah, I, I, it's weird to say. I, on one hand, I understand why they didn't want to play up the fact that they were husband and wife. Because, of course, um, you do want to establish Rene Paquette as the backstage correspondent and not as Rene Paquette, uh, John Moxley's wife. So, um, 
on the other, it is still one of those uh, if you know, you know things that don't come off well when you think about it. But then now that I say that, I remember that AEW, after all, is still the um, hard hardcore fans promotion that yeah, it's the if you know, if, you, if yeah, you know, you know place. It is the if you know, you know place. So I can't argue much against that. I, I have to wonder why I keep arguing against it. And it, it, but, let me ask you this, Ro. What does Renee Paquette's involvement uh, differ from when they show Jungle Boy's mom and sister at ringside or Sky yeah, it, mom in Chicago? Oh, because uh, Renee Paquette does have a role that isn't John Moxley's wife, Deba. Right? Her actual role in AEW is she is the backstage correspondent. She is an on-screen, uh, on-screen member of the broadcast team. So, by that alone, yung role nayon implies that she is supposed to be one uh, uh, impartial and neutral. And then now that she gets into in between John Moxley and Andy Kingston, that is pretty much thrown out the window. But yun nga, if you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's how it differs, though, from uh, those family members that you mentioned. Yeah, but. Yung mga, ano naman, yung mga backstage interviewers, they do tend to be partial. Din naman. Look at Mackenzie Mitchell on NXT. She's always right. the first to call out yung mga heels on their shit, from Grayson Waller to Big Body Javi. I guess. Um, it's just weird. Kasi, um, it, it, it's a, a major departure from what you would know um, the role of a backstage correspondent to be. Kasi, uh, Weird. Yes, it's the if you know you know promotion, but still you are still attracting new viewers to your product. And I think I would have appreciated uh, someone mentioning on commentary after after that um, segment that uh, Renee Paquette is actually John Moxley's wife, and you know a dear friend to John Moxley's best friend Eddie Kingston. And Sana that, that could have been a thing that they explained after, not necessarily before or during. Just you know something to uh, hook whatever new fan has stumbled upon this segment, you know, and wonder why uh, Renee is suddenly asserting her own authority. All right. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Like, I think if we could find a sweet spot between yung pinag-usapan natin, I think it's that. Now you have Excalibur probably saying at the end, uh, uh, that's Renee Paquette, who's not just one of our uh, backstage interviewers. She's also John Moxley's wife. Yes. All right, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of heel turns here that happened over the course of the last few days from Forbidden Door to Dynamite. We're going to start with the Dark Order, which is not as big of a heel turn as the other one we're going to talk about in a bit. Uh, the Dark Order, they called out Hangman here for basically leaving them Ghosting in the lurch. Oh. Yeah, when uh, he decided to take up uh, the elite in the fight against the Blackpool Combat Club. And then today, when the BCC and Konosuke Takeshita all attacked uh, Hangman and the Young Bucks, the Dark Order just stood there and then they waved them off and were like, ah, the hell with you, and then walked to the back. Um, I don't know what you guys feel about this, but I actually felt it was justified. Because my point is Evil Uno and Alex Reynolds and John Silver na it's for Hangman to ghost them. And you know, when you look at their friendship over the last three years, Hangman's a pretty shitty friend to these guys who were always with him through his worst when he was being the anxious millennial cowboy. And then now na nasa rurok na siya ng tagumpay, na niya na yung Dark Order bigla. It's like they used them. Pero yeah. nga, like... Uh, pinasaya si Hangman when he lost Kenny, diba? And also the Elite. And now that he got the Elite back, parang iniwan niya na nga lang yung Dark Order. Pero Dark Order turning heel for me, I, I love this idea kasi di ko na sila maseryoso ever since they turned face. I know they turned face because Brody died, pero 
it didn't really benefited them uh, when they turned face. Tsaka nabawasan pa nga sila lalo eh. So, I, I think... Well, that's not their the fault. The, yeah. Them losing members is not their fault. Yeah, pero they didn't recover basically. I think this is their, their recovery na. Na nag-heal turn sila. Yeah, uh, I want to I want to answer this by telling a quick story. Um, for those listening, I don't know if you guys remember the heyday of Up Rocks Wrestling. So, uh, the main guy who talked about wrestling, who wrote about wrestling on that site, was one Brandon Stroud, who was super annoying, turned out to be a dick. But um, his uh, his insight about wrestling storytelling is usually on point. So he would usually um, call out characters based on the bad writing that they got so um if he were still around to critique how hangman behaved with regard to the dark order he would have rightfully called out hangman for ghosting them pretty much and the fact that they actually addressed this entire issue and brought back the dark order to tv to aew tv after spending time in ring of honor to address this major plot point, now what happened to their relationship after Hangman re- rejoined the Elite, right? is uh, is great A storytelling. You know, um, I don't know who did this. I don't know who was in charge of this, but um, it's little things like this that you know honor and acknowledge my following of the plot and my understanding of how these characters behave is one of the best things, honestly, about watching wrestling for me. So um, I enjoy this a lot. Um, like you guys, I don't think we're supposed to boo the Dark Order as heels. Yes. Um, Thank you. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that they made their case that Hangman did leave them hanging. Uh, pun not intended. Um, so you're kind of supposed to look at both the Dark Order and the Elite as three-dimensional characters who not who are not good, but also are not all the way bad. But they're just working their issues out because they're human beings. And I really like that. Um, uh, not so much in the fact that I don't know who's, who to cheer for anymore or who to boo, but you know, as someone who consumes literature and likes the complex kind of literature, uh, I enjoy this. And the fact that it tickles my brain is a good thing. So now I'm going to spend the next few weeks deciding who's who's the face here and who's the heel. Uh, same thing with Chompa. We make the Dark Order just ordinary heels. Who yeah, do which I don't think they're going to do soon. Um, as a corollary, uh, we don't have this in the notes, but this is also the same thing that happens to Champa and The Miz. Uh, and I think that's a really uh, sheer coincidental thing. Um, Champa also turned on the Miz because of the same thing. Yeah, and uh, I thought that, that was pretty cool. And when he did that last week, I was also wondering: Am I supposed to boo Champa because, uh, or am I supposed to cheer him? Wait, but uh, who's clear? Yon? Like, I I always found it weird whenever you would point out that Champa Champa's alignment was kind of blurry here. Because to me, it's clear that Champa is the babyface, but the mere because fact he, that the Miz no, is such he, a detestable he, character. Yeah, because. Uh, Champa is still pretty rough, is really rough around the edges, you know, as as a as a as a person, hmm. not as a written character. So sometimes I don't know, is his intensity supposed to convey that he's a heel? Or uh is is it his intention and feelings that uh tell me he's a he's a face, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but Kevin Owens, Lucia. Yeah, but you know, Kevin Owens is a little softer in that regard. 
no, I I I felt na si Miz kasi has always been presented as very self-interested. At dahil self-interested siya, matik heel siya. And because yeah, but he's so self-interested did... na yun, nag-extend dun sa dati yeah. niyang friend na si Trumpa, it makes Trumpa the guy you have to root for. He still did get attacked, all things considered. Diba? He, he yeah. still did get attacked, um, not naman blindsided, but, you know, in a way that doesn't quite line up with being a face. But okay, sure. Um, if if that's straddling the middle of the ground, then sige, I'm all for it. But still, uh, one of those things that not immediately obvious and especially more so the Dark Order versus the Elite thing, this little side quest that they have. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree with what you said kanina na when you have plots like this that um, acknowledge yung long-time fans who've really been investing their time and attention to every little plot point, it actually respects the fans, diba? It, it uh, kind of thanks them low-key for all of the attention and investment they've put in your product. So I, I really agree with you there. Um, so, so yeah, I, I do want them to acknowledge things like where were you when this member of the Dark Order went away? But when Stu Grayson got fired and brought back, uh, where were you when the Righteous took him in? All that shit. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they can really unpack and flesh out itong beef na Hangman and the Dark Order. Iga Rowan, anything else to add to this one? I know you haven't been keeping up with AEW as much. Uh, no, nothing much. Uh, we can move on. All right. Uh, let's talk about the other heel turn which happened in Forbidden Door, which was the end of Jungle Hook. Jungle Boy has taken the Christian Cage route and is now dressing like Christian Cage and kind of speaking like Christian Cage. And now he has decided to go after Hook's FTW championship. So uh, in his promo earlier, he called Hook an entitled second generation prick. He mocked the FTW championship for not even being a recognized official title in AEW. And he was blaming Hook because Jungle Boy lost two shots at a world title while Hook gets to wave the FTW title in his face. Like, like a slap in the face. Yeah. So is the Jungle Boy heel turn justified here, Rowan? What do you think? Kind of. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, wait. Sorry. Uh, when you said that he dressed up as Christian Cage, I didn't see the Dynamite kanina, And he was running away backstage. I thought it was Christian Cage. So it, <laughs> that was kind of funny. It's a bit camera angle. So yeah. Anyways, yeah. I, I think it's justifiable. Para he, he made a point, man. Like, parang, kahit ako mainis ako, like, I already lost my title shot, and then, para you're gonna slap me in the face with your title belt. Or, or like, parang, wave it around my face. Pa- parang, mapipikon din ako. Pero, this Jungle Boy heel turn, I never expected this, never saw this coming. And, Jungle Boy just looks like a guy who will never turn heel. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, Chris Panzer joining MSG. Like, it's unexpected. Unexpected good or unexpected bad? Une- unexpected good. Na, okay. Na, you didn't see it coming. Higaro. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the turn itself is fine. It's, okay. uh, it's time for Jungle Boy to turn. But the way he followed it up was, I don't know, it, it's, you're not supposed to like a, a heel, but but. I really didn't like that and not for the reasons they wanted me to dislike it, you know. Uh, everything about the new Jungle Boy is so so terrible. Parang he's like, you know, a, a cheaper copy of Christian and even more cheap because he 
can't join up with Christian because that would admit being that, that would having that, that would have to admit he would have to admit rather that Christian was right about him and that he would have to acknowledge the guy who kicked his ass for the better part of a year whatever uh you know all of that stuff but it's like a cheaper mjf you know it's like everything that's bad it's it's cheap heat it's even cheaper heat you know if that makes sense i don't know if i'm if i'm justified here but it's just it's not him and i know it's not supposed to be him but it's not also him Uh, yeah yeah parang a heel jungle boy to me should have been an angry young man an angry caveman but um they're trying to stuff him in a role in a character that i don't think is working and even if you do have to dislike a guy the character still has to work and this this shift is this tonal shift is just too much now i don't buy it at all, you know? Yeah, I'm going to take it one step further and say that he was cringy. Like when oh. he delivered the line, uh, I'm still banging the hottest chick around here. And then <laughs> he wink, push out to the camera. It was so cringy. You know, it's like MJF could pull that off in the in the cringy way that makes sense for him. But yeah. okay, Jungle Boy, okay, Jack Perry, not Jungle Boy anymore. Uh, it it does not line up. It it, it's... it was very much like Michael Scott saying the same line. <laughs> So you you didn't imagine like Steve Carell as Michael Scott saying that line. It it, it was not good. Um, I'm gonna uh, step back here and talk about the meta uh, narrative here, because I don't like having Jungle Boy turn heel, just because I think there has to be that one pure babyface character yeah. on your mm. roster. And Jungle Boy was that guy. There's a reason why the WWE has never turned Rey Mysterio heel, because he's the ultimate underdog. He's the 100 percent pure babyface. Na lahat ng tao sa WWE magturn heel na sila si Rey Mysterio will never turn heel. Jungle Boy was that guy for me in AEW. Now that he's turned heel, I don't know who that guy can be. So I'm I'm actually kind of sad that Jungle Boy turned heel. Yeah. Um. And he didn't even turn heel in a satisfactory way. So. Um, I think this one is kind of lost until they go with a different way of portraying a heel jungle boy. Yeah. Uh, now that he's turned heel, sino na yung, ano, yung, yung unquestioned unanimous baby face na, you, you, are you sure oh, this this guy's never going to turn heel? Jeff Hardy, I guess? I don't know. Jeez. You got ruined. Any guesses? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it was jungle boy. He was that dude. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, you don't expect na magi heel turn siya ever. He yeah, was sometimes like those guys that you don't expect to turn heel, you just never turn them heel. Yeah, agree, agree with that. There, there, there have to be people who can't turn heel. I get it though. I mean, the lure of the heel turn is great. I, I understand that because you get to do a whole different dimension of things as a wrestler. But uh, for the business, for the sake of the business, sometimes you gotta you gotta bite the bullet and swallow yeah. your pride. It's kind of like why John Cena, he never turned heel because he was that dude. Anyway, uh, that's really it. Those are our audio-only topics for this week. Bit of NXT, bit of AEW. If you have any thoughts on this that you want to share, kind of like how uh, you know you agree or disagree with the things we pointed out regarding the Dark Order and Jungle Boy heel turns, let us know. As always, on TikTok and on Twitter, it is at Wrestling2XPod. Thank you to everybody who sent in your predictions in the comment section. If you're listening to this on the audio-only version, you can drop in your predictions and your reactions on TikTok and on Twitter at Wrestling2XPod. Rowan, you haven't been here in a while, so how about you start off our plugs here? 
Anything oh, yeah. to promote? Uh, yeah, please listen to our audio-only episode, the Pick of the Week's episode. Picks, Picks of the Week episode. Tsaka, our Patreon review is a freebie now, so uh, basahin nyo yan. Yeah. Me and Ro are working hard on it. Yep, yep. All right, definitely. Uh, Ro, your plugs? Yes, sir. A new episode of Unmasked out this morning. Uh, so if you haven't listened to it yet, please do. Please go check it out. It is the, t- the story of our first, our all our first, Revolution X 2015. It is, or was, rather, the uh, so-called WrestleMania of the Philippines. <laughs> uh, whether or not that was true is up to you guys, the fans. But um, we were there for it. Uh, Stan and I were there for it. And we, uh, apart from, you know, having another tag team match, uh, we were also a part of a, a major creative decision that we regret to this day. <laughs> so that story is in that episode. It's not a creative decision. Like, I was actually in that moment in canon. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, I, you know, it was, I, I was a creative consultant for that. So. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. So that story is in there. Um, so for those looking for more classical Brian Leo stories, that's the hook. Uh also um uh talk about how the mask was made, um, who made the mask and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So please, if you haven't listened to it yet, it's Unmask the Chronicles of Rome and Sandata. It's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I think those are the only major platforms that you can find it on. And, you know, please uh, do check it out. If you listen, please give me five stars or, you know, rate however you want it. Be honest. As long as you rate it. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. Um, uh, enjoy my stories. And we'll be back with another episode next week of my first singles match versus one Chris Panzer. And Shepard, we have uh, more episodes of Manila Wrestling Federation Action Novella TV. Uh, the latest episode just dropped ye- uh, yesterday. It uh, it involves our friends from Auto Plata Mata, myself in the ring, and Crystal. So please do check that out. ManilaWrestling.com. Uh, you can subscribe to our gank profile for only $10, around 600 pesos. You can pay via GCash, debit card, credit card, and, you know, a whole bunch of ways to um, support the show. And uh, Yunma, um also want to chill because... Uh, the finished product is where you can hear our work as commentators. So um, if you go to the shows, Rowan, you watch, you still watch the, the final product and say, Siyempre, uh, you don't catch everything in a live taping. So, yeah, um, I like to commentary because exactly. reference. Ka exactly. And so, then, storytelling. Na rin. Yeah, we, we do add that extra layer of storytelling. So if you want to support, if you want to hear me do my thing, if you want to hear myself, Sunny, and Will do our thing and support what we do, please do, you know, check that out on Gang. Because we work so hard on it and we want you to hear, we want you to watch the full thing. Because uh, the whole is much better than the sum of its parts, you know. So uh, please go check that out, manilawrestling.com. And then follow us on TikTok and on at Wrestling2XPod. All right. Uh, thank you again to everybody who caught episode number 600 of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. All of the followers, streamers, or people who stream the show, uh, subscribers, viewers, patrons most especially. Uh, you guys are the reason we continue to be the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast for 600 episodes and counting. 
Big shout out as well to Babyface producer Jasper at the controls, who does a very fantastic job at making sure that the show runs smoothly and uh, takes care of the editing as well. And thank you to everybody over at PNA for all of the good work that they do behind the scenes because without them, we'll, we'll have a much smaller platform to put the podcast on. Thank you as well to Rowan and Roe for being here with me on the stream. And we'll catch you next week for our Picks of the Week episode and another live stream as we review Money in the Bank. Follow us individually at Chino Supersized, at EML underscore Meister, at Monday Night Rowan, at Roeswar, and at underscore Stan C. For Rowan ASH and Ro Moran, my name is Stan C. Reminding everyone to stay safe, stay healthy, and don't be a dick. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, out. Bye-bye. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.